Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host, Rhonda. And today is a very much so impromptu podcast. Uh, This will be a very, 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 very important podcast. The name of this podcast is The 1619 Project and the Black European Surnames. So, let me give you a little background. Um, As usual, a lot of uh, the family listeners will send me information, and uh, we'll chop it up about that information. Um, You know, sometimes it's just a simple question. They'll send me And if I can answer it or put something on it, I will. Um, But most of the times, the family, they are sending me additional supplemental information. Um, Highly, highly intelligent family listeners. Uh, I really highly respect them. So as usual, and usually I do not check my messages on the weekend, I kind of try to shut down, get me some me time, get caught up on all of my programs, which more than likely are sci-fi tying into the metaphysical. But something said, check your messages today. Checked my messages. <sighs> Boom. Was hit with some very important information. Um, one of my nieces was just saying to me, all right, Annie, when are you going to do another podcast? And I said, I'm going to try to do one uh, next week. It was a really busy week for me. Next message I checked is based on the podcast that I am doing right now, impromptu, which is titled The 1619 Project and the Black European Surnames. So shout out to the sis that sent me this information. Uh, She said she doesn't need the credit, uh, so I will respect her and to keep her anonymous. Uh, But I do want to give a shout out to her because what she brought me, which I am about to share to you, my jaw dropped. And again, shout out to you, sis, because I know what you did. You vetted me, as you should. You vetted me to make sure I knew what I was talking about. And based on our dialogue yesterday, you're like, okay, I'm going to send you something. Soon as I opened it, read through it, Scroll down to the meat. I immediately responded back to her. I said, do you understand what you just sent me? And she said, yeah, I just, you know, wanted, if you know anyone else that this can, you know, help pass along the information. This is going to help a lot of people. This should put to rest the whole uh, Black-European connection. So with that said, let me get to it. Uh, Bear with me, family. I do have to 
use a little technology here and share my screen because I want to show you the source. Okay? I believe in showing the source and the receipts. That's how we operate on WTUZ Radio Podcast. That is how we operate on Truth Uncompromised Show. We show you the sources. We show you the receipts. If it is something that I feel, I tell you it is something that I feel, but I don't know for sure. If it is my opinion, I tell you it is my opinion. And the reason I do these things, family, is because I want to be very transparent. It is my responsibility as a content creator, as I am putting out information, that I put it out correctly. Sorry about that. Had to cough. Okay? So, with that said, this information that I am about to go over... Excuse me, family. This is from the sis. Shout out to you, sis. Thank you for sending me this powerful information. So you should see on the screen, this is from the public library of the city of Boston. So we're going to do, 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 do. Okay. Shows you once again. You know, here's their seal. Okay. Okay. Tells you uh, who published it. Oh, crap. The volume number, all of that jazz. The Visitation of Kent. Taken in the years... 1619 through 1621. Okay? It's telling you who was involved, yada, 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 yada. So once I get into the rest of this document, hopefully you will understand why I am in, uh, I'm titling this podcast The 1619 Project and the Black European Surnames. All right, so let's get into it. Okay. All right. So it says, The Visitation of Kent, known as the Visitation of 1619, was taken in the years 1619 through 1621 by John Philippot uh, Raj, I don't know if that's Roger Rouge, Dragon, Marshall, and deputy to William Camden. Um, Clarence, I'm just going to say Clarence, y'all, because part of this is going to be in Latin and all of that, honey, and my y'all know my tongue is country, all right? It's country. So I'm going to jumble up a lot of words. Okay, so bear with me. The official copy signed by those who entered their pedigree to record their rights to use the arms tricked remains in the College of Arms and bears the press of mark or the press mark 
C.16. Now, when they're talking about the arms family, they're talking about the coat of arms. Y'all should know what they mean by the coat of arms. Those, um, some people call them the shields. And, and you'll see an example because we're going to show some examples of some coats of arms that trace back to Europe that symbolizes the family surnames. Right? So that's what they're talking about. Now, it kind of blew my locks back, baby. The fact that they're up there talking about, honey, uh, to record their rights to use the arms. Uh, Sims mentions another copy in Camden's handwriting with additional uh, additions, I'm sorry, among the Philippot MSS also in the college. All right, so when we talk to you all about a lot of this research, family, <clears throat> this serious deep research, these um, Ivy League colleges, they have this information. They have it. And this is not the first time I know I've personally, in my research, ran across some pretty heavy-hitting stuff via these Ivy League colleges, along with others that are heavy-duty researchers as well. All right. There are several copies of this visitation, at least eight of which, more or less complete, are in the British Museum. One is in the Library of Queen's College, Oxford, another in the library, look at me, y'all, country is head, library, li library of Caius College, Cambridge, and another in the possession of H. Farnham Burke Esquire, Somerset Herald. Of those in the British Museum, four are in the collections of Harleyan MSS, and they give the numbers, three among the additional MSS number, blah, 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 and one among style MSS number, da, 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 da. So, again, now this part is my opinion. When they're talking about the 1619 Project and mainstream media, and they're trying to link it via this huge African slavery migration. Uh-huh, okay. Now, this is just the way my logic is set up. This is the way Moi's logic is set up. I find this very, very odd that we have this pedigree called visitation of what? 1619. And they felt that this pedigree was so important that they have multiple copies and they have those copies well documented where they are housed. So to me, this is my personal opinion. This is really the real 1619 project. 
but we're going to continue. And hopefully as I go through this, you will understand why that is my opinion. All right, doggone it. Humphrey Wan Lee, in his printed summary of Harlan MSS, thus describes the four in this collection. Um, Harlan, I guess, 1106. A copy of the visitation book of the County of Kent, as taken by John Philippot, Rogue Dragon, Marshal and Deputy to William Camden, Clarence, I'm just going to say Clarence. I know it's probably pronounced something else. I think that's French. In the years 1619, 1620, and 1621 with several editions. Trick of the Arms of uh, Graveson and Milton. Draught of a very antique I don't know if, or that's antient gravestone in the choir of the church of minister in the Isle of Sheppey, under which a knight of the name of Northwood was buried. Draught of the gravestone of Elizabeth, Countess of Athol, who deceased the 22nd of October. 1377, and was buried in the choir of Ashford Church in Kent. Arms of the seal of the dean and chapter of the um, Cathedral Church of Christ in Canterbury. An alphabetical table of the surnames of families whose pedigrees are exhibited in this book. Let's continue. <laughs> um, so Harl, we're going to shorten his little name, 1432 has a similar description by Wanley. He states that it was written and tricked by Mr. John Sanders, the painter Stainer, who noted that he begun the copy the 1st October 1645 at 9 at nine o'clock at, at night. I'm trying to shorten that up, yeah. That he ended the same on Saturday, the 31st, January 1645. So, oh boy, was pretty precise there, huh? It contains, in addition, 14, a printed cut of the arms of the at achievement of Sir Edward Jervis, baronet dated um, 1630 with a fanciful motto in misshapen Saxon characters, but by the hatching of the arms in order to show the colors according to the way found out by Sir Edward by she. I guess that it is not so old. Confirmation of arms and grant of a crest to Matthew Munez, Esquire, by William Camden. I know, I'm still calling this clearance, y'all, so forgive me. Dated July 10th, 1616, right? So it even appears that these crests had to be approved. <clears throat> and they were heavily documented. All right. 
Now, uh, I think last year I actually bought a book of Crest. Um, it's called Fairburn's Book of Crest um, of the Families of Great Britain and Ireland. It is a two-volume series. Okay, so when anybody talks about any surnames, yada, 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 I automatically, I can go to this book and I can look up the surname, um, you know, of course, if it's Europe, European surname, I can look up the surname and in this book, it even gives you the variations of the different crests under that particular surname, all right? So again, that's called uh, Fairburns, F-A-I-R-B-A-I-R-N, Book of Crests, of the Families of Great Britain and Ireland. It is a two-volume collection, all right? One, the fir- uh, one of the, uh, the second volume has the pictures of the different um, symbols in the crest. The first volume has all of the surnames. And it gives you the various crests under the surnames. All right? So, for example, my particular surname um, is in here, which I, I know that. I already know because I did my ancestry. And I already know I have split ancestry. I already know that I have ancestry in Europe and um, indigenous American Indian, right? So I already knew that piece of information. I looked at my surname in here and there are various crests with my surname, okay? All right, so let let me continue. All right, so uh, that's what I get for running my mouth. Okay, descent of Levinson in the handwriting of Sir Henry St. George, the elder inserted after folio, blah, blah, blah. Some few extracts from evidence with certain additional descents and continuation. Carl, 1548, Wayne Lee states, was written and tricked by Mr. Richard Mundy. It contains two arms of the Kittish families, hastily tricked and printed echelons in way of alphabet. Now, I'm just going to stop right here because, honey, that Kittish or Kentish, Kentish, Honey, that I'm like, uh-uh. I got to look that up. What, 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 what they mean by Kentish? So let's go into that. All right. Let's go into Kentish. And I'm glad I stopped because that's representing a language. Okay. From this particular area over in Europe. So let's see if I can bring it up. There we go. Okay. You see that? 
Kentish Canterbury. All right. So let me see if I can go back. Yeah, or maybe I just have to close this bear with me. There we go. So, um, Kentish, Scotland, and Central Scot Scotland, Mer. I don't know if this is Mercian or Mercayon. So y'all over in Scot Scotland. Forgive me, y'all. Yeah, I know that's part of my heritage, but my bad, doggone it. I, I don't know those. <laughs> I don't know how to enunciate that properly. So forgive me in advance. In Central Europe, Kentish, in Southeastern England, and West Saxon, in Southern and Southwestern England. Marcian and Northern Bruin, and I should know that because I've heard that several times, are often classed together as the Angelic dialect. Most extant old English writings are in the West Saxon dialect. The first great period of literary activity occurred during the reign. All right. So that's that. Um, we're just going to jump over real quick to a quick Wikipedia, and they give you the history of Kent. Kent is a traditional country in southeast England with long-established human occupation. All right, so I'm not going to go through all of this, but um, they give you the prehistoric uh, Kent, the Iron Age Kent, the Roman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Kent and London. So you can read through all of that. And it goes to the Iron Age and the Roman period and the Anglo-Saxon period. Okay? All right. And you're going to read through here. If you read through here, you're going to see where, like everything else on the planet, you're going to see how the indigenous people of these particular areas it was just basically wars upon wars or colonization um, upon colonization of different, whether or not you want to say tribes or kingdoms, uh, started taking over these areas. So I just want to show you, this is saying uh, County of Kent uh, showing in, in 1832, okay? So just wanted to give you the area, now this is as of 1832, <clears throat> the area of Kent, right? Now I'm going to blow this up for you just a smidget here, family. Do, 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 do. I want you to look, when you are doing your research, I always pay attention to the different maps and I look at the names because when you're doing your genealogy and as you the more and more you read you can start to correlate surnames with landmass okay right and you're gonna see particularly over in the Americas you're gonna see a cross reference of 
European landmass areas, you're going to see them over in the Americas. So look at this, St. Augustine, all right? Ain't that y'all, um, the little golf course situation? You look at some of these names on here, and these are also surnames. You see this Barkley? Sir, that's a, a particular surname. Okay. Uh, Blackheath. Bromley. All right. So here's Milton. Okay. So those are just uh, some of the ones that stand out to me. There's Dover. I know y'all should know Cantonbury. I mean, y'all know that's from over in Europe, okay? Uh, Westgate, that Westgate name, it's a lot of places in um, the Americas with that Westgate name on it, all right? So just showing you all, um, once again, the origins of surnames, Okay? This is all over. Surnames have several categories that they fit in. They either tie back to the thrones or the crowns over in Europe, right? Or they tie back to landmass. And when you look at the landmass, you have to pull the origins of those landmass. And so far, the surnames that I'm seeing in the Americas that are landmass tie back to Europe. And then you do have some surnames that are just based on a person's occupation. Okay? This stuff is not hard to trace family. Surnames are the easiest thing to trace because they documented them very well. Okay? So if you are melanated, a.k.a. black, you are carrying these surnames. When you are doing your genealogy, if you run across records, where that particular family member is listed as European in the records, do not assume that that is a white surname. Okay? Because I know personally, I saw surname plain as day. It said black on them census. But it said immigrant. And I jumped over to the European records. Found all the way down to the actual building and apartment that that particular ancestor lived in. In Europe. And saw the family members that lived in that household. So it can be tracked. 
The problem is a lot of melanated Europeans or uh, well, yeah, melanated Europeans because that's part of my ancestry also or melanated black Americans either have one or two things. They think that they come from Africa and those surnames that they carry are the slave names from white enslavers. Or if they know their Indian ancestry, they think, well, that doesn't apply to my people. Something's messed up in the records because I'm indigenous Indian. When it's really, that is a part of your ancestry. Meaning that your indigenous Indian side of the family and the people that I've talked to that have connected their European ancestry, it usually comes through the father's bloodline. So meaning that father's side of the bloodline, the paternal side of the bloodline, came to the Americas from Europe and married into indigenous Indian tribes. Okay? The records are there. Okay? So don't get thrown off when you see um, your lineage being tied to Europe. Okay? If your people were African, the records will say that they're African. All right. Okay. Okay. So um, I'm not going to go through this Wikipedia stuff. I just wanted to show you the sources. You can definitely do that. Okay. So this particular genealogy um, or the records of the 1619 visitation is based on that Kent, or they called it here, Kittish area. All right. Okay. So they were just saying that they're documented the arms of many Kentish families and they doing it in alphabet in, in alphabetical order, baby. Herein, I find many enlargements made by Mr. Mundy and by Mr. Robert Dale, but mostly by the former, the arms of Randall I want y'all to catch these surnames. Please pay attention. The arms of Randall, Boyce, and others of Kent hastily tricked by another hand. Harl, and um, that's the whatever page description I'm assuming, is described as a book, or it could be a volume also, y'all, a book in folio containing the arms and a pedigree of families in the county of Kent taken at a visitation 1619. Hence, this is my opinion. This is what the real 1619 project is about. Family. Or they are masking it as the African slave trade narrative when that's not the case. It's this. And some part since with an alphabetical index at the end. A book of Henry L Lilly, 
235 leaves. Oh, shoot. Sorry, y'all. All right, so in addition, whatever this particular volume is, it's a copy of the same visitation in the handwriting of Hasted, the county of, I'm sorry, the county historian with large additions, some of them to a very recent period. And so they've given a um, particular volume or whatever or page number with that. So the point being, they are telling you that they documented pretty closely the surnames. Now, this is just in the Kent-ish area of Europe. It was very well documented. So there should be no question on the origins of surnames. Okay? So let's continue. So uh, he's just given the other little copy. Is another copy. The first portion of which, as far as page 54, is said to be handwritten of, I'm assuming that's Edward Rowe Moore's. The remainder is by another hand unknown. So again, they documented pretty well these surnames and they have several copies floating around and they even documented who documented it, who recopied it. The arms are tricked in pencil. It was purchased by Hasted at Roe Moore's sale in 1779. Here's another additional, uh, that's another addition. Uh, whatever that, I don't know if this is page numbers, contains pedigree founded upon the visitation of 1619 and is also the handwriting of Edward Hasted with additions by him and continuations down to the year 1765. So again... This is just my opinion that this is what the real 1619 project is about. It is documenting the migration of the black Europeans to the Americas. Not the African slave trade as they are telling you in mass media. The last 10 articles are added by a later hand and include copy of the court rolls of the manor of Broadham, Surrey, held in October 17, 1791, and June 6, 1811. All right, so I'm assuming they're given the volume number there or either the page number. A list of the livings in the patronage of crown, all right? So they're giving you either the volume or the page number there. All right, let me move this down. Uh, There's another uh, copy that they're giving you is an excellent copy with the arms well tricked. So I'm guessing tricked, y'all, means documented because at first I'm like, what the heck they mean tricked, okay? But 
backup thing in, I'm guessing they're using it as documented or written. Written. It's probably written more likely. It is in a 17th century handwriting and belonged to John Holland sometime in the 18th century. So again, not only did they tell you the multiple copies of the 1619 project or 1619 visitation, they're telling you who did the uh, the documentation, how many copies are out there, and who hands the copies are in. Who has the copies? Of the copies in Queens College, Oxford, and Caius College, Cambridge, they are both similar to Harl's. So, uh, old boy up in the beginning, I didn't forget his name. <laughs> Sorry. That in uh, the Caius College form, part of the heraldic collection of Dr. Knight. Some pedigrees are continued to 1627. Others have continuations mostly in the handwritings of Sir Henry St. George. Mr. Burke's copy formerly belonged to Percy Viscount Strangeford and contained a note that it was brought at Evans, Paul Mall. Ciao. Okay, Rhonda, stay on point. So y'all remember... My aunt, my aunt, my auntie, rest in power, auntie, she smoked them old man cigarettes called Paul Mall. I could see it in the red pack. Now I know where that name came from. Paul Mall, April 10th, 1816. The arms are beautifully tricked and it appears to have been written by the same scribe as the official copy in the college. Although the transcripts for the press has been made from Mr. Burke's copy, the proofs have been verified with Harl. I think it was Harlan's. I think that was old boy's name. Which thus become the original from which this volume is printed. Variations which occur in either Mr. Burke's copy, Stowe, or Harl, 1638 being noted. All right? So basically... They went through all of this to tell you that they um, concatenated or went through these other copies, kind of verified what uh, was in the copies, and tried to uh, put all the additions. Because remember, blood down here, somebody was still documenting as of the 18-something hundreds, all right? Okay, uh, all of the copies of this visitation here mentioned are uh, professedly copies of the visitation of 1619. Yet no two of them agree in every respect. In some of the pedigrees, there are clerical differences. Variations in the tricking of the arms or in additions to the pedigree themselves, while in some of the copies, additional uh, pedigrees have been inserted. The additions in Mr. Burke's copy... Uh, Stow and Harl, uh, 6138, are printed at the end of this volume. Okay? So, shout out to uh, old boy Nim that put this 1619 project 
a.k.a. 1619, Visitation Together. Went through all of those copies and put it together to give one picture. And documented that there are some variations, some clerical variations. My hearty thanks are due to Mr. Burke for the loan of his MSS, his copy, which was rendered the task of transcribing more convenient than attending during official hours at the museum. This being the society's volume for the year 1898, the editor has to apologize to the members for the delay in its issue, which has been caused by ill health and other circumstances quite beyond his control. All right. So that's the date. Notice y'all, July 4th, 1900s. Hmm. So this is old boy doing the prefix. So let's go down. Come on, thing. Come on now. Work with a sister. Hear, hear them surnames. Hear them surnames. So I'm going to leave this up for a little bit. To give you all the opportunity to look through these surnames, to see if you see your particular family surname on here. Okay? So I'll give it one minute, <clears throat> and then I'm going to uh, move to the next set. And then you can also pause the video, of course, to look a little bit more detail. Okay. So some of these surnames, look at that, y'all. Clive, Cobbs, Collins, um, Dixon, Fisher, Finch, Beaumont, Austin, Barry, uh, where, oh, Brian, Buck, Brown, Cadman. Okay, so I'm just going to go to the next page. All right, this one is a little longer, so we're going to, Break it up a little bit, right? So we'll spend another minute on this. Okay, y'all see Lloyd, Lowe, Gibson, Hardy. Okay, now remember, this is just from the area Kent. This is just from the area Kent. Those of you that know me, Johnson. But see, I had already, I had already knew that because I had learned something, baby, <laughs> when I did my genealogy. Y'all see more. Okay. All right, so let me scroll up a little bit more. So we can get the ones down here. 
Radcliffe, Porter, Peyton, Skinner, Scott, Simpson, Smith, Smith or Smith. It's all here, family. Now remember, this is just the Kentish area. Tillman, Tucker, Walker, right? Wright, Woodward. All right, so you can go back and um, go through uh, this again. Now, I am just going to, the first one on the list, huh, baby, I'm minding my business, chilling, chilling, minding my business, because I jumped to my surname first, and, I, and I'll use my surname as, as, as an example, um, but I came back and something told me, Rhonda, go to the, the first page after the surnames were listed. The Visitation of Kent, in my opinion, the real 1619 Project, is really code for the Black Europeans. The documentation, the visitation list of 1619 of the Black Europeans. This is the real 1619 project, in my opinion. And this is just for the area of Kent. Okay? So, first, what's the first name on this? First name on the little page now. First name on the little page. What's that? James. Or not, rather not Ames, because remember, really the J was not really in the alphabet. Go research that yourself. But, you know, we going to say James. We going to say James. James? You mean the origins of King James? You mean Black King James? You mean Black King James, who is a Ross Stewart? Okay. Here it is giving the arms a description of the coat of arms. And it's saying a chevron between three, whatever this is, y'all. Um, I was trying to find, because this is Latin. So I was trying to find a little, um, either the animal or symbol of what this means. Okay, so they're giving you a couple of, they're giving you one, two, three. They're giving you three versions of the coat of arms of James. Okay, now let's jump to what I, the closest I could come up with, y'all. This is the closest uh, I came up with two things because they said um, Chevron. I know that that's um, 
that V, I know that's a Chevron. So, and I know there's three things on here. Okay? So it's either this, I'm, I'm assuming this is one of the coat of arms for James. Or... this okay and again i'm just basing this on what they said on this 1619 visitation they said uh, three things between the chevron and i know this is a chevron okay so those of you that know the chevron gas station okay y'all get the connections all right but anyhow stay focused Rhonda. all right so um that's the closest that I saw with, um, based on what they described in the 1619 um, visitation of the coat of arms. And they also describe very wavy. And they do, uh, now that they wants to bring that up, I'm assuming they talking about uh, something like this with these with this wavy situation, okay. But again, you see the chevron and the three things in between it, okay. So just giving you all a flavor of that, okay. All right, let's get back to the documentation. So now, child, Roger James, or it says Rogerus. You know, today I'm saying Roger James. But okay, Rogerus James, Sarah, and once I broke down what this is in Latin, um, it was, um, shoot, now I got to go back to what I said. Um, bear with me. It meant something about hell to the cross. The heiress, Henrici Morskin of London. So they're giving you Sarah's pedigree. She is an heiress of Henrici Morskin of London. All right. And so for James, this surname, now this is based on 1619 family, the visitation of Kent, the Kentish area of 1619. It's giving you the coat of arms and the lineage linked to this surname, James. All right. And you can read all through there. It's just going through all of that. You can do your own thing. You can read through that. Now we're going to jump to, I wanted to jump to my stuff. Let's jump to Johnson.
okay? So here go my particular surname in my family. And it goes uh, to the, the coat of arms. Just talking about it. All right. And as you can see, Johannes Johnson. And then it just starts going into the particular lineages. Now, interestingly enough, child, this what blew my locks back. So I'm not going to give you specifically what my middle name is in my government name. My government name. It is on here, family. Blew my locks all the way back. So, this is my surname, and even my middle name is linked under my surname through this 1619 project. Blew my locks all the way back because no one in my recent family knew about our black European heritage. That's only something recently that I had to find. So that meant when my mama was naming me, found that very interesting. She picked that middle name that links right back to this surname from the Kentish area and just so happened when I did my genealogy and I found that black European ancestor and I jumped over to the census records over in Europe it was in the exact Kentish area no questioning about it So full circle, everyone in my family, when a child is born, my dad gives us nicknames. So each one of my siblings, we all have a nickname. So when, and only our family, let's be clear, Only our family, our immediate family, uses our nickname. It is considered for family use only. Now, I have had friends for, you know, 30 years they're not allowed to call me by my nickname. And they know it. They know that's a no-no. All of my siblings are like that. We don't play that. You can't call us by our nickname. You better use that government name. All right? You have to be family. 
Okay. And that family nickname is so prominent that family have to scratch their head like my cousins and them. They have to scratch my scratch their head like now what's your real name or your quote quote government name. So once I because I always knew we were indigenous American Indian. I just did not know the details. Right. So once I really started getting serious into finding my heritage, yada, yada, yada. And um, I got specific, specific found the records of, of the Indian heritage side. I started thinking, OK, I need to do my Indian name. And it's just, uh, you know, I was doing research, seeing what resonated with me. And this was years, y'all. And I just could not do it. Nothing resonated with me. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Scrolling through social media, this brother posts a picture of a statue and gave a synopsis history of an Indian chief. And that was the nickname that my father gave me. Exactly down to the spelling. My mouth dropped. And I made the connection. Oh, shit. Those family nicknames which we consider sacred, which is why nobody outside of the family is allowed to call us by those names or the Indian names. So we have the black European surnames side, which is quote, quote, our government or government names. And then we have our Indian heritage nickname. So when I found that out, family, I'm like, thank you, ancestors. I know y'all was probably looking at me like, especially Big Mom and them, you bet not name yourself nothing else. Which is why I don't play anyone slapping a label on me or a name. It is sacred. I understand what it means. So I had to go back to my dad. I said, Dad, told him what I found out. I said, did you know when you were naming me what you were really naming me? And he said, no, I did not know about that particular Indian chief. He said, I just felt it in my spirit that's what your nickname was going to be. And he said, what is your position in the family? I'm like, well, I'm your, I'm your daughter. What is the position of you in the family among your siblings? I'm their sister. And then he said it again. He was getting irritated with me by the end. What? number do you line up with the rest of your siblings? I said, oh, I'm the oldest. He said, 
that's why I felt it in my spirit. Obvious, if that's a chief and you are the oldest and your mother and I hold you responsible for leading an example to your siblings, I think you, I got it right. Couldn't say nothing. Okay, thank you, Dad. Okay, I'm just telling you, you brought that one from the spirit world. So each one of my siblings, we all have Indian nicknames. Those nicknames that melanated black folk give to their children, it is based on their personality. They watch how that soul, that child moves, how they act, what their personality is like, and that's how they give them their nicknames. Hence, your Indian spiritual name. Okay, now I'm not saying that's how it is in your family. That's just something for you to ponder. If you are carrying a nickname and your heritage is American Indian. Okay, if you have a surname, you need to trace the origins of that said surname you need to understand what region it comes from and you need to go back to your genealogy and find that european link how did those surnames come into your bloodline heritage okay the european side of the migration to the Americas is extremely documented family. There's no question about it. We don't have to guess. They took meticulous records. What has been hidden is the identity. The identities were swapped. So it is said that, quote, quote, Caucasians hold these European surnames and that the black and brown folk took on their surnames. I am telling you that's not the case. I am telling you that's not what the records show. Out the gate in this. Let's go back to page one. Now, this is just from the Kentish area. Let's go back to, want to refresh people's memory, out the gate to King James Nim. Right? That's the surnames. Remember? James. Okay, now this is just based on 1619. We already know that King James was black, a.k.a. melanated. Same with King Charles, all of them. Okay? Just even with this record right now, it gives the um, heritage 
of this James name and it's saying um, the heir of Henrici Moore skin. Moore means black of London. Okay. So I hope this helped someone. Uh, shout out again to the sis that sent me this. This is very, very powerful information. Again, this is just family one area. This is just the Kent area. Let me go back. Show you. This is the original Kent map. Over in Europe. From 1832. You go to Kentish means language. This is showing the Kentish area. Uh, ain't that London, them yow? See West Saxon, Wales, York. Okay. But they're telling you Kentish. Canterbury. This, this is the the uh, the old. Uh, let's see if they tell us here how old this is. This particular territory is. Uh, let's see if they said it in here. They may have. Ah, dee da 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 dee da. They didn't. Okay. All right. But I just wanted to uh, give you all a quick. Preview. Now, any of my scholars out there, please take this information. You can dig a little deeper, beloveds. What I would really, really like for others to do, I will try to work on it as well, to see if there are different volumes of this same type of 1619 project, not the Kentish area, because they did a very well job documenting the Kentish area, or the Kent area, um, what I would like to see is other um, areas like, let's say, of Germany, etc., over in Europe. So it would be interesting to see if the um, others were well documented. And if so, I would love to see some of my other um, content creators put that information together. All right. So again, in my opinion, this is what the real 1619 project is about. The visitation of Kent. 1619. So again, the source of this information is the public library of the city of Boston. So shout out to the sis that sent me this information, sis. You, oh, child, baby. This, this is very, very important, and I'm ever so grateful for you to send this to me. Um, I know just personally from my genealogy, and once again, cross-reference what I found in the records on my people on that European side, okay? And let's be clear, my people, that particular ancestor, showed up on the census as black. 
a black immigrant from Europe. And I jumped over to the Europe side, found them on down to the apartment building they lived in, and who was all living there at the time. And hence, this cross-reference to the exact area where I found that ancestor on the census rolls on both sides of the pond. This particular information with the 1619 visitation, a.k.a. the 1619 project. So thank you so much, sis, for this information. And again, family, as you are researching your European heritage, um, another good source is uh, Fair Burns Book of Crests of the Families of Great Britain and Ireland. There are two volumes. It will give you all of the different variations of the crest from uh your your surname okay britain documents the stuff family it's not hidden it's not a mystery it is well documented and as you saw in this particular publication of this 1619 visitation they have to get approval for those crests for the family crest and it is documented okay so just the last message to um, black Americans, a.k.a. African Americans, it is extremely important that you do your genealogy. It's going to take you some time. I'm not going to sit up here and sugarcoat it. You're going to have to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging, cross-reference, cross-cross-reference. It may take you years. Do not get discouraged. Do not be shocked when you run across the European side. Do not feel ashamed. There's nothing shameful about who you are. who your bloodline is. There's nothing shameful about that family. You are here to set the record straight. You are here to break any associated bloodline curses. You don't have to pretend any longer. Be who you are. Tell your story. Tell your ancestor's story. Document it. Because the future bloodlines depend on it. We can no longer allow someone else to tell our story. We have to tell it. 
And if you are truly living in truth, if you truly want peace, and that comes with living in truth, accepting the truth, forgiving, correcting by making sure if you find things that your ancestors may have participated in or may not have participated in. Forgive. Document. Tell the story. Teach the babies. We don't have to make the same mistakes. You are here to set the record straight. You are here to break the bloodline curses. And the only way to do that is through truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So with that said, family, I wish everyone well. On this Saturday, uh, ciao, honey, hmm, it's afternoon for me, honey. Um, I wish you well. This is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. Peace and love, family.